Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! edition of the cannon fire podcast live on youtube today for episode 197 the second preseason game is in the books the buccaneers fall short uh to put it lightly against the tennessee titans final score of that one 34 to 3 and uh before we go any further i just like to remind everybody that the buccaneers have not lost a game that counts in 267 days as of today, August 23rd, 2021, I did the math. It has been 267 days. And that game, if you're curious, was November 29th, 2020 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, as far as preseason goes, it's not about the final score. It's about staying healthy and, and seeing development from the guys who are on the field, most of whom are fighting for a spot on the final roster as cuts are rapidly approaching. And for the Bucks on Saturday night against the Titans, um, we didn't really see a whole lot of improvement. Uh, so with, with that initial preface out of the way, welcome back to the show. We're going to talk to you guys on all the latest out of the red and pewter. Um, of course, we'll give you an update on everybody's condition today. As we know, the news with head coach Mike Vrabel. Uh, but welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing pretty good. It's, uh, it's a nice Monday. So uh, we're getting closer to football. So yeah, we are. We are. Uh, football is here, and for a lot of people, it seems like it's overreaction season. Like I know that the preseason is is something new ish because uh, we didn't have it last year, so we didn't have all of these analysts to you know go and freak out on Twitter after the game. Um, but here we are yet again. People are very, very upset with this team. And I mean, when you look at a box score of 34 to 3, even if it's your reserves out there, you'd like to see a little bit more production. Now, obviously, there is some silver lining, which we will talk about. But um, yeah, people are losing their goddamn minds. And it is hard to remind people that preseason does not matter. The Seahawks got beat by the Broncos 30 to 3. The so. Jets beat. Uh, who did the Jets beat, man? I think the Packers, right? I think the Jets were playing a team that you wouldn't expect the Jets to beat, and they were ahead by like 20 at one point in that game. So that shows you everything you need to know. Um, (laughs) 
look, like I, I really missed preseason last year. Like I did. And I was excited to get it back. But now I am reminded of why I'm like, can the preseason end already? Because if we didn't have a preseason, we wouldn't be having any of these stupid overreactions. <laughs> I, what I saw on Twitter on Saturday night. So this is I'm going to give you guys context. I'm going to be honest here, right? was not watching the game. I am. You should have been because those, those red and white uniforms, the red jerseys and the white pants, boy, the ones that I've been looking forward to since they the announced ones. that there was going to be a preseason this year. I'll tell you, they hit a lot different in person. And maybe, maybe that's why oh, yeah. I'm wearing this shirt today, they, but they looked they, good, they, buddy. That's a primetime uniform combo. They hit a lot different when you get blown out of them. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, and also like if they wear them again, they're, they're getting beat. So. Uh, I don't that's... think we're not going to see him in a regular season. I think that's no, a guarantee no. that those are just going to be a preseason thing. Um, so uh, I admittedly, like I said, I was not watching the game live. You're watching uh, SummerSlam. I am not in, in Tampa, um, so I, I can't get the game on my television. Uh, and the only way to watch the game would be NFL Game Pass, which I refuse to get right now because there's still no All-22. Uh, so I refuse to get that right now. Um, and I was watching SummerSlam. So, uh, but <laughs> did you enjoy SummerSlam? Was it a good show? Oh, it was okay. I know the yeah. Lesnar return kind of, you know, put yeah. it over. Spoiler. Anybody didn't see it, but yeah. Come Brock Lesnar's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. It's just what I saw on Twitter on Saturday night, you would think that this was week one. Or, or you would think that – I think I tweeted out something like fans are tweeting like this was the freaking divisional round like uh, of the playoffs. Like, give me a – chill out. Like, just – it's preseason. And not even is it preseason. It's a preseason game where the starters didn't play one snap. Yeah. It's not even like you could say, oh, Tom Brady looked like crap. He didn't play. You know, who cares what Ryan Griffin actually looks like? If Ryan Griffin's in the regular season, the Bucks are done. It's, it's over. Just like Michael Scott, right? It, it's over. We yeah. are screwed. Yeah. That that that's if if Ryan Griffin is playing meaningful snaps in the regular season game, it's it's done. So who cares what he does? People are are sitting there complaining. Oh, get you know it'll, it'll be an easy uh, easy cut down. Oh, it'll be easy to cut guys. Just chill out, dude. Like honestly, if it's so easy to cut guys at this stage in the preseason, why are you freaking out over the results? The results do not matter. And there is no justifying this reactionary behavior. You know what I mean? If you want to react about the guys who are on the field, that's fine. Cause that's what these games are for. Like Bruce said it in his post game presser. I'm not looking at the final score. I'm looking at individual performances. Mm -hmm. So if you want to freak out about individual performances, which is what we might do here in a couple of minutes, that's okay. But as far as this, you know, overreactionary reaction to a preseason game where the Bucks lose by 31 points. Um, it's just, it's definitely unnecessary, but I think it comes from a place of people are starved of football. You know, when you mm -hmm. get your Super Bowl champions back on the field in any capacity, even if it's zero starters and one or two guys who played in the game, um, there's still going to be, you know, a peak of interest about it, especially when it's the first football you've seen in months. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try to calm you guys down about that over the course of the show here. <laughs> And really quickly, I want to give a shout out to everybody in the live chat. Our guys from Bucks UK, Adam Davies and Pete Payne hanging out with us. Ben Leeper, the moderator, holding it down. 
Shout out to our guy, Gene Buck. What you heard hanging out with us. Glad to see you in the chat room, my friend. Uh, Michael Henderson says Falcons uh, need a number two. Ship them off to them for a number one overall. They will fall for it. Uh, r- r- real quick, uh, Pete, O.J. Howard is not on the bubble. He is making this roster. He is not it, it, going to get cut. Not going to happen. So let's go ahead and jump into the game, right? Let's talk about some guys who had good nights and some guys who didn't have some very good nights. Let's start with the good because I want to kick things off well, in a festive mood, you, right? You can, start with, you can start with the good because that'll be quick. Well, so. let's start with, like, the good, good news. So the latest okay. out of Red and Pewter Camp, uh, just a day after the game, it was announced that Tennessee head coach Mike Vrabel tested positive for COVID-19. It is no secret at this point that throughout the week he had heavy interaction with Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, the rest of the team. He was at the Bucks facility uh, between joint practices and, of course, the second preseason game. As of today, and like as of within the last hour, Bruce Arians has confirmed that there is no sign of any COVID-related absences at the Buccaneers practice. They were indoors today. Uh, Tom Brady and all quarterbacks are there as normal. So I think Tampa Bay as a collective fan base can big exhale, right? For, for, for now. Every, yeah, for, everything's for now. okay for right now. Obviously, contact tracing and all of that stuff is going to take place. We know the NFL has very strict COVID procedures, whether you're vaccinated or not. Bruce has made comments about how he's hoping for the team to be as close as they can be, if not 100% by week one. I think the last percentile we checked in at was like 92 or 93% of the roster. Um, And, I mean, we might as well just say it, you know, with the state of the world right now, I think having your team as prepared as they can be in that situation, that's just going to be an advantage. Um, You've heard all the headlines out of Washington, and I mean, with, you know, head coach Ron Rivera being a little more of a high-risk subject here. Um, He's been disappointed in how his guys haven't, you know, gotten their vaccine and and made it easier for everybody else because there's so many rules that you have to bend over backwards. Uh, Non-vaccinated players have to do twice as much testing and a lot of different procedures. So when you can get as close as you can to, you know, overall team herd immunity, I think it's only an advantage this year. Yeah, Pete says so many drops you can't even catch COVID. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's pretty good. Um, I yeah, see a lot, a lot of drops in the game. We'll talk about those for sure. Um, see a lot, a lot in the chat. Our uh, our, our buddy Gene, obviously. Uh, I see uh, G Vegas here also saying it. Uh, Richard now. Uh, Joe Tryon Shoinka. Um, gonna have to get used to saying that. Uh, I'll probably I, still I'll I, probably still call him Tryon because that's just. It's easier, you know what I mean? It saves time. Yeah, I know it's all easier, about efficiency. But like, yeah, but I'm about professionalism. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't know. There will be times I just refer to him as JTS for sure. Like it's just <laughs> gonna be JTS. Um, but I mean, you know, he he's yet again, right? Just just came out and I understand that it's not against the the first string offensive lineman. But he was going up against Titans second-round pick Dylan Radnews. That's not like some scrub they picked up off the street and just trying to get by with. No, that's a guy they've invested in. And he's dominating them. I mean, literally dominating him consistently. Every single snap, he was was near the quarterback almost every single passing down. So he's – He's something, and uh, I really would like to find a way in the Texans game coming up to get him to to see him against the the first string tackle. Uh, I, th- I, I think like- you, I think you will. 
I, I really think you will. I think this is going to be Joe Tryon going out there and mixing it up with the starters. He's not going to get as many reps as, uh, at least in the first half, as you know, your JPP and your Shaq. But I think they'll throw him out there for sure. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see. It all depends on the you know, situational too. Um, mostly going to be on, on third down, I would guess. You you'll see. Right. You'll see him. But yeah, he's. Oh man, they uh, they got something. They got some. They might have something with him. They uh, he he looks. I understand that it's preseason, and you still got to prove it. But so far, the early returns on uh, on GTS are really really good, and he just he looks like an explosive player. Like I said yet again, preseason, right? It, if, if he if if he goes out and you know by week eight he has no sacks and no nothing, nobody's gonna remember his good preseason nobody's gonna care um so yeah uh, i i think uh i think richard brought it up and i mean we just talked about all these reactionary takes uh following preseason games but the hype for joe tryon up until this point is real and it is very legitimate uh when you have got every major bucks media outlet talking about just how good he's looked in camp how well he's matched up even when the joint practices started he's out there manhandling guys and in the preseason game we know he's going up against second and third stringers, but you mentioned that the matchup against Tennessee was a little bit more stiff competition than it was against Cincinnati. He actually got his sack back this week uh, that the referees admitted oh. that they messed up on the mic'd up. If you guys haven't checked that out, go to the Buccaneers YouTube channel. They had Joe Tryon mic'd up uh, from the first preseason game against the Bengals, and they openly admitted to him that, yeah, we, we think we fumbled that call, so he probably should have had that sack. And in the second game, he got his sack back. So the hype for Tryon is definitely real. And uh, as far as we can tell you, I'm very excited to see him get out there and hopefully get some reps with the ones this coming week as they square off against the Texans. That's going to be in Houston, right? The, yeah, they can't have three straight preseason games at home. Um, but let's see here. TB12 Goatman says, I don't think JPP plays. He might, man. I don't, I'm pretty sure he was at practice today, right? Carlton Davis did not practice today, but I didn't hear about anybody else. Um, let's kind of reel this thing back in and let's talk about some more guys who shined in that second preseason game along that defensive line. Joe Tryon had a great night, but so did our man Pat O'Connor, man. I, I think he really just got himself a job on the roster with his performance in that second preseason game. Uh, also got himself a sack. He was in the quarterback's face as much as he was out there. Khalil Davis is showing some massive improvement as well. Uh, so you got to like what you saw from those two guys. Well, I mean, Pat O'Connor did make the team. Uh, Bruce Arians confirmed that that uh, he is he has made the team. Uh, if you hear anything, that is thunder outside my house. So if oh, you, I didn't if you, I didn't hear. You're okay. Good. Well, if you guys hear anything at all, at some point we are, <laughs> I guess, getting attacked. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, he he played super well, and he's always been a guy that I think is just going to be that that solid presence that's not going to wow you with any physical traits or anything like that. But he's just gonna he's gonna be able to do his job, and his job is you know it's not like the Bucks ask him to do too much. So like his his job is very doable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he played great. He he really did, and uh, it, he definitely earned it. He, he earned, you know, well, when Bruce Arians comes out and says, yeah, he made the team, like, you know, if they would cut him now, that'd be a horrible look. Because yeah, right. He literally <laughs> went out and said he made the team tonight. So uh, I, I think, yeah, he's he'll, he'll be fine. Um, obviously, you're not going to put him in on any pass rush situations. But as far as like run defending, he's been really good. And like you said, Khalil Davis, I think 
Khalil Davis having a solid camp, and he, he's very limited in what he's going to be able to do. Um, I mean, obviously, Nadam Katsu and Will Golson are your starters. So for a guy like Khalil Davis to be able to to sort of develop a little bit more, and this is a guy who last year, who was a draft pick last year, so remember, he didn't have a preseason. Yeah. Um, so to be able to develop a little bit more, I think is really, really important. And uh, if he's able to develop, that'll be, that'll be big for the defensive line. Even, I mean, he was a sixth round pick. So like, you're not expecting to be a starter or anything eventually like down the road, but if he can be a rotational player for you, that, that's fine. Absolutely. And I mean, when you're comparing, you know, the start of camp to up until now, we still have one preseason game left. So we're not quite to final cuts, but I think between then and this very moment, um, you got to feel better than you did before about the depth at interior defensive line. Ben Leeper, our moderator, said it in the chat. Probably an overreaction, but I do feel a bit more confident in the backup interior defensive line, at least for this season, if they are needed to step in. And I, I think that's a true statement. You can definitely kind of hang your hat and say you feel a little bit better now than you did before because between Pat O'Connor being the solid guy that we knew he would be, I'm glad he showed up when he did because he definitely needed it. Um, and Khalil Davis just taking that step that you had just went into detail about you got to breathe a little bit easier. Now, let's look at the offense. Uh, it was a scorching night. I don't okay, know how so, many yards. So, so we're moving on to the bad now? or Yeah, yeah, I think so. Is there anything else on the defense that really uh, caught your eye? No, not, not really. Because, I, I mean, mean, allowing 34 points to me doesn't really, you know. I mean, I was drunk for the first half, but in the second half, I was coherent enough to realize we really couldn't stop a nosebleed I, out there. Oh, I thought the defense played fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with the defense. Um, I mean, uh, honestly, I, I don't. I, I watched, the, I watched the game. I ended up recording it and stuff. So, um, you know, the fumble return for a touchdown that wasn't actually a fumble. That's seven points. You can minus seven points there. Yeah, that was uh, there were there was there was two interceptions at the Titans return to their, uh, to their side to the Bucks side of the field. I should say. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was fine with with the defense. Uh, so I think that's the only reason this game wasn't more lopsided was because of the defense playing well. There we go. Um, so no, not really a whole lot. Oh, I mean, it's not great, you know, to be able to say <laughs> that, but, uh, as far as good, I mean, you know, quick on, I wanted to point out real thing. We'll talk about a little bit more. I mean, Grant Stewart played all right. He had two sacks, I believe, or a sack and a half, um, so it's it seems like he Bruce Bruce said he might have made the team, but it seems like he's got a little bit ways to go. So I think uh, next Saturday's game will be pretty important for him, even though he's going to get limited snaps. So he's going to really make him count on special teams. Um, but I mean, on, on offense, Tanner Hudson looked good. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then I believe real he quick, was the just, team's leading receiver again. He was. Yeah, 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 he was. I mean, not not very hard to do. But and then one <laughs> more thing, uh, Ryan Suckup nailing that. What forty nine yard kick? So how about the uh, how about the people's champ himself? He got the opportunity. Hey, look at the look 60, at the hustle. Look six, at the hustle. Right. Well, the, the game saving tackle on the people's the game saving tackle. Yeah, we'll give him that That's one, dude. Right. But, but he also got a chance. He lined up for a sixty one yarder. That's right. It no went terribly close. wrong. No, but that's all right. It went terribly wrong. Was it blocked or he uh -uh. just kind of whiffed it? I don't think so. I think he just missed it. Yeah, it was that bad. I mean, Bruce said he shit the bed, and I guess that's a great way to put it. But I just I, yeah, I wish I could have defended he said him. That, he, he said that in sort of a, 
you know, a, a joking way. If, yeah, if you watch the right. press, if you watch the press conference, you could kind of see. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't think we champ. can expect Bradley Pinion from champ. sixty-one one more. yards out. One more yeah. round of applause, huh? Let's go, huh? baby. Huh? Making the diving tackle. Hey, Are man, you let me tell me? you. I, Last line of defense. I was out at training camp, and uh, they were doing like the you know the training camp halftime, basically, where all the guys go inside, and then they do the specialist reps where. Um, suck up will get his kicks in pinion will just get a couple of extra punts on the main field and he's standing there he isn't really doing anything i go hey people's champ and he doesn't look over but he gives out you know a little thumbs up on the side and i felt great dude that that's our guy bradley pinion i don't give a damn our guy. um i, I guess what we're talking, the show. Right, i guess while we're talking about special teams people in chat aren't very happy about it so but, now uh, now we are officially transitioning to the bad yeah uh, so here we go. Before we really get into the quarterbacks, let's talk about the special teams. Um, blocking was not good. It, it was not good. Uh, people are able to return a kick on this team at will. And I know that there's people who want to like bang their chest and say that they've been talking about this for three years. Um, but I mean, obviously, I, it didn't, I, I, I wonder who those people are. Obviously, it didn't lose the team a Super Bowl last year. But if we're evaluating the preseason game, I think this needs to be touched on because we have mentioned before that they could definitely use some special teams help out there uh, as far as fielding kicks goes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just tackling, right? I mean, yeah, like I, I get I just I'm convinced that their special teams are just never going to be great. <laughs> it's it's never it's never going to be good. So just you got to put up with it. You can have the you best try. defense in the league and, and possibly, you know, a top three offense. But the special teams is what's going to kill you. You got you got to try to survive. You know, um, I, I really thought that special teams was so important to winning until they did what they did last year. I mean, they they literally their coverage rank was the, the worst in the in NFL history. Um, it, it was, it was their coverage units were worse. They worse in NFL history and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Bradley Pinion kicks out of the end zone 90% of the time. So the kickoff returns, you're not going to see anyway. The part returns are one thing. But I think the kickoff, he, I think he had the most touchbacks in the NFL, uh, yeah, in either he, 2019 he or 2020. It, yeah. He does it every time. So yeah. like the, the kickoff returns, you're not going to see just because it, the only reason they're doing them now is because they're they want to see the 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 punt coverage. That's the only reason opinions being told not to kick in the back of the end zone, or else that's what he would do. So you're not you don't really have to worry about the kick coverage as much. Punt return, of course, you know, punt obviously punts you can't really do much there. Perfect punt happens every once in a while, but you know it, it's difficult, and they're gonna have to get better. But I mean, I also don't think they have to be this elite special teams you know unit that. I think all they have to do is be average. Like I, I really do. And like, to me, more importantly on special teams is, is, is the kicking game. Like yeah. you gotta be able to, if you make all your kicks, I'm fine with this. I got really like I am. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna overreact much to special teams. Another question from the chat here. Ben Leeper asks if things aren't fixed this year and by that in itself, if things aren't fixed this year, this is like worst possible case scenario. If every single time Bradley Pinion punts it on fourth down, it's a kickoff return for a touchdown. Worst case scenario, if things aren't fixed this year, special teams wise, do you think we move on from Keith Armstrong? Is his job in jeopardy at all right now? If well, they're no, not right, right now, it's not. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you're you're talking about. I think it would. I mean, the the 
punt coverage unit was the worst in NFL history last year, and he still has a job now. So <laughs> the worst how, how, was it really the worst in recorded it was, it was, NFL history? It was, it was the worst. Yes. Wow. Yes, it was the worst, and they won the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, at what point is it just the players tackling? Like, is is it really schematical? Right. Bad like, tackling has it, been a common if, theme so far. What, these past what two is games. What, what is the coach supposed to do? Is he supposed to go out there and tackle for him? So if if that's the issue, if if it's just the players just literally cannot tackle, what 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 do you want him to do? So I don't expect him to be fired, and I think the the special team units would literally have to be costing them multiple games, right? Like costing that, like they lost because of special teams, <laughs> right? You know, it was, th- right. that's the only way I think he would be fired. A punt returned for the win with like eight seconds left. You like, know what yeah, I mean? Like is... the, the, the Deshaun Jackson style yes. in New York. Yeah. Like that's yeah. you know, and, and they lose like two or three games because of special teams. That's the only way. Let's talk about the quarterbacks as we transition back into the offense. Uh, it was not a blistering night for them on offense. Three total points between the three quarterbacks that we saw. Uh, specifically, I want to talk about Ryan Griffin and Kyle Trask, because as far as Blaine Gabbert goes, like, you, you know what he you're going to He played hear. well. He yeah. played really well. I, I he, thought he, he did, played, he, man. He was, he was three for six and had three drops, so. Yeah. I mean, it, with Blaine Gabbert, you know what you're going to get. Um, you know that he's the QB2 on this team. There really is a whole, there's not a whole lot of discussion about if somebody's going to come up and take that job from him. So today we're going to specifically focus on uh, Ryan Griffin and Kyle Trask. As for Mr. August himself, it was another weak performance. Uh, six for 11, 45 yards, and that's kind of it. Um, I mean, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't the picks this week, but there wasn't anything that made you go, wow. And we said it last week. We'll say it again. I think Ryan Griffin is just kind of a guy on borrowed time at this point. Um, not really I, sure I, what his fate is, but I, he doesn't make the final 53 in my eyes. I feel like he knows that. Yeah. I think that that's why he's playing so bad. You think I so? think it, his confidence is just like, he knows that. Like, And I'm sure, it, you know, it's let's not sit here and act like that. These players have to be oblivious to stuff like that like if anybody knows that this is happening soon it is ryan griffin and i i think that's i think that's a good point like i wouldn't want to go out there and play my best ball if i knew my days were numbered yeah i mean obviously i mean you want he's not tanking these games like he wants to go out there and i mean and everybody says cut griffin or whatever okay like they they're going to but he's gonna stay on the practice squad like you know i I don't I don't know. The same people were saying cut Griffin are the people that were saying in in, la- in previous preseasons. Oh, is he going to be the, the the starter if uh, if James Winston doesn't work out? Like, <laughs> okay, like you know, if he's he's not he is what he is. Ryan Griffin is what he is. Like, and and like I think people want him to be something he's not. And maybe like the really good preseasons, like maybe they it has like fans expecting him to just go off every single game in preseason. And I mean, maybe that's fair. Maybe that's not because he, he's shown that he can do it, but I don't know. He hasn't been this too good. I think he, he knows that, you know, he knows that, that his time's numbered and that could be affecting some confidence issues. But uh, yet again, Griffin and Trask, I don't think either were very good, but yet again, it doesn't matter. Like I think John Ledger said on Peter reports podcast, I don't, and I'm going to agree with him. I don't care. If they, that they look, they look, they could look awful. I don't care because if either one of them step on the field in the regular season and play a meaningful snap, the Bucks season is over. 
Yeah. It, it, do, it does not matter who it is. If, if it's not, if it, you know, if Tom Brady goes down for any significant amount of time and Kyle Trask or, or Blaine Gabbert, I'm sorry, or Ryan Griffin, even Blaine Gabbert, any of them have to go on the field and play meaningful snaps. The season's over. It's no, done. it's a, it's a great point. Um, and I mean, I had it on my notes as well. You know, as far as these quarterbacks and their performance, with Ryan Griffin, we know his days are numbered, and as far as that's concerned, it's just an awkward situation for everybody, right? Like, I'm sure the Bucs know it's coming. Griffin knows it's coming, and, and maybe that can explain in uh, an uninspired preseason performance in 2021. Um, but for Kyle Trask, like, there really isn't a whole lot to be super concerned about here unless you're just a diehard Kyle Trask fan. Like, even then, his overall expectations over the next two years for this football team are low enough to where the Bucs aren't going to need him to suit up on Sundays. And if they do, then just like you mentioned, season's likely over. Um, you know, or they're up 47-7 to at halftime against the Detroit Lions. So, you know, it's it's there's only a handful of situations where you're going to see Kyle Trask come in here and try and make a difference in the regular season. And anything that he does in the preseason right now is just, it's, it's kind of easy to write off because, one, he's a rookie as well. Um, uh-huh. You know, let's not forget that he isn't a perfect quarterback. He had a great year at Florida, but he is a rookie. Um, He's still learning the offense. I will say the one thing that I need to see from him, he's got to figure out the timing on some of his deep shots. Uh, He just overthrows guys. Like, he will have a receiver open, beat his man one-on-one, could be a touchdown, or at the very least, a 25-yard minimum gain, and the ball just kind of floats over his head. Um, he also had some receivers sell him out again this week, some dropped balls that weren't his fault, but you know, it's, it's, it's whatever, like expectations aren't, aren't through the roof for this guy right now. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was actually worse this game, uh, than he was versus Cincinnati. Um, I mean, you know, Ben Lieber brings up real quick before I move on to Trask. I just wanted to say he, he thinks they can. Uh, win a game or two with Blaine Gabbert. I think they can too. What I, the scenario I'm putting out is if Tom Brady misses significant time in the regular season, it's over. Like if you put, if you took Tom Brady off this roster and had Blaine Gabbert, the same exact roster week one through 17, the Bucks probably win five or six games. Like it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter what the roster is. I seriously think they, they, they're not, they wouldn't be good. So that's the point I'm trying to make there. If Brady misses a game, I think Gabbert could get you a win. I don't think Kyle Trask or Ryan Griffin could get you a win at this point. Um, Not maybe Trask in the future, but not right now. Um, So, but I mean, yeah, just keep Tom Brady healthy. That's the bottom line. Um, So Kyle Trask, like I said, I thought he was worse this game. Seemed like sometimes he was pressing a little bit. Like you said, the speed really, I think, catches up. Uh, he had he had a, a center snapping the ball to him who hadn't played center at all in his career. You know, it, it's it's not an ideal situation. It, it really isn't. Now, I did see there were times that where Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden, Scotty Moore were on the field with Kyle Trask, but they weren't on the field like exclusively with him. So he did have a little bit better weapons. Uh, surreal Grayson played okay. He had a really nice catch, but he also had that one drop. Um, and then obviously we'll get to the, the, the big one, the, the Hudson, which was an excellent ball, um, a re- really beautiful ball. Um, we're not going to touch on it too, too much, but I mean, I don't know how you can, I think the, the big issue, I think even Rondé Barber had said on the broadcast is that they called it a fumble returned for a touchdown. That can't be a fumble. The, 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 it's either, it's either incomplete 
and then it's intercepted or it's down by contact and, and it's a completion. That, that, that can't be a fumble because the ground can't force the fumble. So that, 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 that's the issue I think many people had. And I think that's the issue Bruce had with it too. They called it a, a fumble. It wasn't a fumble. It can't be a fumble because the ground can't force a fumble. So I don't know. And it took away a really nice play. Um, a really nice throw. I think one of his, his best throws that he's made. Um, but also, like, I, I like how he's he, he's more – I didn't think he was going to be checked down Charlie, but, like, he, he's more fearless than I thought he was going to be. And yeah. maybe it's, it's, it's preseason. He feels he can take these shots. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I do like how, you know, how fearless he's looking. And I'm curious to see how much he's going to play on Saturday because – I mean, if Tom Brady, if the, the stars are expected to play at least a half, I think if Bruce isn't pleased with them, I think he's sending them out there to the first drive of the third quarter too. Um, I think if, if he's like, no, you guys, you guys got to get something going, then I think he sends them out there in the third too. But uh, Blaine Gabbert, I would expect to play. Uh, so I don't know if Trask is going to, Maybe he gets a quarter, but then do you not play Ryan Griffin at all? And you right. don't give him it. Like you basically tell Griffin that like he's already cut. Like, I don't know. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, like I said, though, thought Trask was his two interceptions. His first one, I thought he just forced it a little bit. Just right. trying to that, that fearless thing. We know all about that. I'm uh, trying to force into a tight window, um, a bad bounce. And then the, the other one was just a, a bad throw, uh, just a bad throw that tipped off of McElroy's hands and, and into the defenders. Um, every single Bucks interception this year has been uh, tipped. Um, <laughs> awesome. Been, Where have I heard that before? Ball. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's okay. Like, what, whatever. Any struggles that he has now, whether you hate the pick or love the pick of the time, whether you think Kyle Trask sucks or you think Kyle Trask is going to lead this team to three Super Bowls, any struggles he has now doesn't matter. Like it just, it, it'll matter more next year because he's already had a year in the system and a year in the league and everything. But right now in his second preseason game of his rookie season, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's too far down the line that, you know, he doesn't have to worry about playing right now. So fans shouldn't really be worrying about his struggles right now. Yeah. Corey Fleming in the chat brings up a question. Uh, didn't the same fumble thing happen the second game against Atlanta? Yeah, and with yes, Scotty and Miller. They, they yes, called it, they called it interception. Mm -hmm. That was a Tom Brady interception, but it was not counted as an interception towards Kyle Drask. But they called that a Tom Brady interception. Yes. Yeah. But but the, but this time they called it a fumble return for a touchdown. So one last thing I'll say about Kyle Trask before we move on to uh, my breakout player of the year. Um. <laughs> some of his bad throws, I think he has a tendency to just kind of throw high. Um, like even, even there's a lot of catches. I, I think of that Tanner Hudson catch that he had last week where he had to like go up and get it. And he got clapped by two defenders as he did it. I mean, maybe when you're throwing a Kyle Pitts for a year and that guy is as productive as he is, you kind of overcompensate, you know, the height of your receivers, but he does have an issue kind of throwing it high. And I think, you know, as far as the deep balls go and then just hitting his target, uh, not necessarily always at the high point, you know, just reel it in just a little bit. But just like you said, uh, nothing that he does in these games is going to matter in the long run. At the end of Kyle Trask's career, no matter how long it is, I don't think anybody's going to look back at his performance against the Bengals and the Titans uh, in the preseason. It's just not nobody. Gonna nobody's going to care whether he's exactly. a superstar or he's a flat out bust. Yeah. Nobody's going to be looking back. Well, 
you know, if you look back at this preseason game versus Tennessee, he does this. And <laughs> you would have you would have seen this very early. No, here. nobody, nobody cares. Yeah, like no, nobody cares. Are you going back and looking at Ryan Leaf's preseason games? No, you just know he's a bust. Like who, who cares? <laughs> so you know, I like the I like the bold comparison, Kyle Trask to Ryan no, Leaf. That's not no. huh? I listen. I know you're not a Trask guy. You don't have to cover yeah, I, it up I, anymore. I, I'm not. I'm not a Trask guy. But I also I'm gonna give him way more time than two preseason games. Like that's not you know like that's just not fair. Listen, you're like, the one busting out the Ryan Leaf comparisons, not I. I'm not busting out the Ryan Leaf comparisons. So so let's talk about uh, my breakout player of the year for the upteenth year in a row. Off to a great start. Big number eighty OJ Howard. Uh, we knew the starters were not gonna play at all this game. The jury was out on OJ, but we did. See we him did. We up. did ask. We did ask that question on the show too. We asked the question: Was Howard going to play? We both thought he would, and then yeah. he ended up playing actually more than I thought. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that he ended up playing more than you thought, and uh, he did not look great. Now, I think it's important to remember that OJ Howard has not played football in eleven months. Um, you know, so the drops that he had, I'm not going to say they weren't bad drops because they were. But I think this can be, you know, attributed to him just being rusty, Um, you Uh know, getting back out there live action in a game, even if it's preseason is a big adjustment from practice. Uh, You know, joint practices to a preseason game is a little bit of a jump, even though he's been in there and he's looked pretty good in camp. He's looked a lot better in camp than I thought he would. I'm still not ready to, you know, he's still my breakout player of the year. So I have to believe in him a little bit. Right. Like, I, I can't just take him off of that list three weeks after putting him on there. But, um, but I mean, what do you have to say about the people who are kind of overreacting to uh, OJ Howard? I, I would say to just relax, you know, um, Peter Payne says the effort just didn't seem to be there. I will say uh, Scott Reynolds was, you know, he brought this up on the Peter report podcast as well. And, and he said, he shot that down. He said, like, I think people think that OJ doesn't care just because he's not a rah-rah type of guy that gets hype and stuff. He's busting his balls out there. So I, I don't I'm not gonna question OJ Howard's effort. That's not an issue. Confidence, maybe, with the with the, the injury. Right. Maybe it's a it's a mind game. It was a significant injury. When guys come back from significant injuries like that, it takes them a little bit. It's serious. This wasn't just a an ankle injury that ended the season. You know, in week 17 that, oh, yeah, well, his season's done. He's not playing that game. No, this was a this was an Achilles. This, this was serious. Took him nearly um, a year. I mean, you know, three months shy of a year to really get back out there and be in good full football shape. Right. And I mean, even right now, he's probably not at 100 percent. So I'm not making excuses for him because like he needs to catch the ball. But I will say that the third down ball, the first one, if you look close, is that is it a great ball? No, it, it, it should be caught, but it's not a great ball. It hits his helmet first. Um, like he's running the route and it, it hits his helmet b- before it even hits his hands. Right. So that that's like, it's not just a flat out clean drop. He, it's one he should catch. It's one because he was a first round pick. He was, you know, one of the best tight end prospects in the last, whatever, 20 years or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a ball he should have caught, but I also think I'm going to give him some slack because that ball, it's not like it was perfect placement, but I mean, yeah, I, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I saw some, Oh, trade OJ trade OJ. That's not happening. They're not cutting him. <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not putting him, putting him on the practice squad. 
that's not because you know what would happen if he got put on the practice squad he's gone like that like you know the same people that think kyle trask can go on the practice squad no we yeah, can't there's no way <laughs> there's no way you can't hey um, um so speaking okay, of okay go ahead you uh, got you got you got to bring you got to bring him up so I, I guess we do we got to pay attention <sighs> to the live chat and it's a moderator he's got a blue wrench uh, so no, his name is in bold i don't know why he's a moderator our buddy James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation, is in the live chat, and he says, I'm actually making a video on this later today, and I want your boy's thoughts. And honestly, if you're talking about your video in our, our chat, I'm just going to take it as a shameless uh, you know, little plug there. Um, but he wants our opinions on this, and I think it's a good topic. As we talk about putting guys on the practice squad in hypothetical situations, will they last there? Should the Bucks trade away? Jose Borgales, while he's got value, could maybe get a backup O-lineman for him. Firstly, Jose Borgales, for anyone not familiar, is the Buccaneers' backup kicker, uh, and he definitely has some value. I think he's a guy where if the Bucs end up putting him on the practice squad, he's not going to last very long. Mm -hmm. um, now, trading him for a backup offensive lineman, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with because the Bucs have signed, goddamn, like four offensive linemen in the last three days. Um, yeah, but you can never have too much. I you mean, sure if, can, if, if but they, the, they have 15, all those offensive linemen that you signed suck. There are 15 <laughs> offensive linemen on the roster right now. A lot of them are short-term depth, of course. Uh, they just signed a guy today who I, I forgot his name. I don't know. Uh, Josh Hudson, I think. Something like that. I, no, Josh sounds... Hudson's already on the team. Yeah, okay. So somebody <laughs> else I'm thinking of then. Um, <laughs> I just threw a name out there like Josh Hudson, and he's already on the team. Um, yes, yes, Pete, we did sign an offensive lineman today. I'm going to look up his name for you very or very quickly here. But yeah, they have 15 O-linemen on the roster right now, which is the most that they've had since the start of camp. So I don't know if a, a reserve offensive lineman is what they look for, but you know, maybe if you want some more depth on defensive line. I know we talked about Pat O'Connor and Khalil Davis stepping up, but you can really never have too much there. And with the reserve that the Bucks have right now, uh, there actually might even be a starting position battle Theo line, which we'll talk about shortly. But um, Jonathan Hubbard sounds correct. I, yeah, that sounds like that sounds right, Pete. Thank you for that in the chat. Uh, but yeah, what what do you think about uh, Jose Borgales? Does he hold much value? Do the Bucks need to hang on to him just in case something happens to our man, uh, the Ice Man Ryan Suckup, or you know, can the Bucks get something out of him? Well, I mean. I think they definitely they're going to hold on to him. We'll see if he he lasts or not. Um, I think if he goes you. practice squad, he's gone in a week. Well, well, sure, but they can't keep two kickers, so like they're gonna the only way to try and keep him is to put him on the practice squad. Um, so I, you know, the I don't think he has any value. I I don't. He hasn't attempted a kick in a game. <laughs> how, how 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 can he? You know, well, what are you just gonna watch practice film? Like that's you know. I, I don't know. Well, I don't. You're think... an accurate kicker out of college. The hype is going to be there. It doesn't matter. Who I don't. You are. Was there hype about him? He was a was real there? Apparently, there's other teams talking about him. Who? There, there's, 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 there's not any rumors that teams are looking to sign him. No. Like, but you know, the but... assumption, the the, uh, the assumption, the feeling is that if he were to be up for grabs, some teams would, would take him almost immediately. Yeah. I, I think, you know, eventually they would. Yeah. But like, I also don't know if like he's that valuable to where a team is going to want to give up a piece for him. Uh, and as far as like offensive linemen, you say, you know, they have 15 linemen. So why get another, if half of them suck, like if all those reserve linemen that you're signing, if they aren't better than the guy you could potentially get in a trade, then why not do it? Um, so 
I don't I wouldn't expect him to be traded. Um James, if you want me on that video, I'll explain more, I guess. <laughs> Just hit me up. Way to invite um, yourself onto his channel. I, know, I mean he did kinda he did kinda, you know, whore out his stuff in our in our live chat, so I guess yeah, you can return exactly. the favor and invite yourself on this video later, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah be exactly. on the lookout for that, guys. Evan's going to be in the new Mr. Bucks Nation video talking I, about I, Jose Borgales. Confirmed. confirmed. <laughs> you heard <laughs> it here first. <laughs> um, so I just yeah, I just don't think – if if he was if, if he was getting opportunities in the games and he was nailing kicks, no, he hasn't missed a kick. Maybe he has some value, but I just don't think a guy that you've heard so many good things about in practice – like Elo Allen, obviously, we're, we're talking about practice. I just, I don't know how valuable teams will find that. Not you a know, game. To, to, Not a game. You no, know, like I said, the value, value to take a, take a flyer on them to sign them, that's different because you're not giving up anything besides the money to sign them. Right. You'd actually be giving up a piece on your roster or a draft pick for them. I, I don't think any team would really do that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. But let's transition to the rest of the offensive line. Uh, in particular, couple of guys that have been impressing coaches lately. Nick Leverett has really been showcasing some versatility. Uh, when veteran Josh Wells was absent from camp for the week leading up to the first preseason game, Nick Leverett was called on to play left tackle, and he did so for most of the game against the Bengals. And then after injuries to Robert Hainsey, Donnell Stanley, who was waived, and uh, John Mulchin depleted the center position, Nick Leverett was called up to go at center Saturday night in Tampa Bay's 34 to three loss in Tennessee against Tennessee. I'm sorry. Uh, Nick Leverett actually received high praise from head coach Bruce Arians on Sunday when asked who stood out along the offensive line. So we talked about Nick Leverett kind of having a good camp. Um, I think we talked about him last time we had James on the show, which I hate to bring him up again, but you know, just put a little timestamp on it. The last time we talked about Leverett, he's been impressing so far. What did you think of his game against uh, Tennessee? Well, I didn't think he was very good, but I'm going to give him props <laughs> because he's he's playing a position he doesn't play. Like that's not his position. And you're when you're with these reserve guys, you know, you get your playing time by being versatile. I think that's more appreciated than being, you know, the best. Yeah. He was he was, right he was a good sport. He was a good sport for trying it. I mean, you could literally see some of the snaps were like lollipops. I mean, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think John Ledger pointed out the reason Blaine Gabbert fell or almost fell early on was because the snap just wasn't quick enough. Um, it wasn't where he was expecting it. And um, I mean, but I'll give him, yeah, whatever. He tried it. You Nothing know? was up he's, over the quarterback's head. It didn't he, you know, dismantle plays. He's definitely a, a tackle or a guard. He's not a center. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. He's not a center, but Hey, he, he tried. So he's been, he was having, he's been having a good camp and, you know, I think that the Bucks coaches will, will remember that, that like, you know, yeah. he gave it, a, he gave it the old college try and uh, yeah, he, he's been having a good camp. So it was, it was nice to see, but I mean, yeah, it's, it wasn't, wasn't great, but like, <laughs> that's not really the, the evaluation of it is not, that's not whatever. We'll get, we'll give him an A for effort, right? We'll write it yeah, off as fun. an A for yeah. effort. I mean, he's in a, he's in a, it, it's not his native position. You know what I mean? Like I said, if you're these reserve guys, being versatile like that and being able to be, you know, plug and play at different points, even if you're not the greatest, it's preseason. Just be open to it because coaches are going to appreciate that, especially if for whatever God reason uh, they're going to need you in a pinch. But B.A. in that same press conference also mentioned that Aaron Stinney and Alex Kappa are closer than you'd think regarding the starting right guard position. Now, this is an interesting statement. 
um, because all the days that we have been out to training camp and all the coverage that we have done, I have not seen Aaron Stinney get any reps at all with the first team. Like, I know he had a championship caliber performance in the playoffs. Last time he was called up, he was the starter in the Super Bowl. Like, it, it's proof, you know, he, he was a starter uh, in the little Super Bowl he, tr- he Panini played, trading card pack. He is the starter. Alex Kappa doesn't have a card. He, he he played more games in the playoffs than Kappa did. Kappa only played that one game and got hurt versus Washington. So. He did. Uh, but here's the thing. The way that I look at it and the way that I still kind of sit, am I wrong to assume that it's still Alex Kappa's job to lose? Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like it's still Alex Kappa's job. Like, I, I, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with Stinney next week. But I just because I don't it is. I would. Yeah, right. I'd be shocked if I saw Aaron Stinney week one. Yeah, it's not. Alex Kappa has been having a fine camp. He didn't really play great on, on Saturday, and I think that's what – I think somebody in the chat, Adam Davies, I think, said that in the chat, that, like, he's just trying to just trying to get Kappa to just kind of pay attention a little bit. So be on your P's and Q's, and that's light all a, it is. Light that, a fire under his ass, basically. Yeah, I don't really think that's uh, – no. I mean, Stenny's good, but like you said, he's been taking no first-team reps. Kappa's been good in camp. He just had a down game on Saturday. He's still coming off that injury. He'll be if he's if he's 100 percent healthy, I'll expect him to be the week one starter. Yeah. Our buddy Amazement checking in. Uh, what are the best position battles so far? He wants to look at the secondary. Some of the best battles there. I know we talked about that last cornerback spot. Antonio Hamilton, I think, that, still kind of has the lead. Gotta be, but it's, it seems like they love D Delaney. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, yeah. I don't like what are you seeing? Like, it is clear that Antonio Hamilton is the fifth best corner on this roster. He is, and and they're they're still praising D Delaney. Nothing wrong with D Delaney. He's he's not as good as Antonio Hamilton. He's not. So I I I don't I don't really understand that one. It seems um, like maybe it is, you know, praise the guys you can, but it seems like a lot of the statements that you hear, um, I wouldn't say they're out of spite because it's not like they're being spiteful about it, but. A lot of these statements, I think, could be chalked up to coaches just wanting to get the attention of certain players who might think they have already made the team. You know, mm-hmm. preseason isn't over. Antonio Hamilton and D. Delaney are probably both going to be playing in that game next week in the second half. And that'll be a big half for him. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a huge half. There's a lot of guys on the bubble. Tanner Hudson, who was uh, the team's leading receiver, he's going to have to have another really big game. Uh, him and Cody McElroy battling for that last tight end spot. So, I mean, there's a lot of position yeah. battles to look for, but I think. I think the statements that come out like that, where everybody kind of scratches their head a little bit, can be, you know, equated to coaches just wanting to get the best out of their players. They want you to think your job isn't safe. But I mean, you know, the the tough thing is, yet again, we're going to go back to this Saturday versus the Texans. The starters are playing an entire half of football. That you you literally have to make your mark. There will be some guys on the bubble. That don't even get to play on Saturday. Yeah, that's and very they're just, true too. They're, they're, they're just gonna be cut. You know, they're there's only guys sixty that, minutes. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but if you want to get your starters some work, you know, if, if you want to get your starters some work, there's four quarters. If they're playing two of them, you can only get so many players in two quarters. So uh, there's only so so many snaps in two quarters. So there will be some guys that don't do not get to play and will be cut, unfortunately, but that's, that's the nature of the beast. I wouldn't um, say he's uh, necessarily on the bubble, but he is in the secondary conversation. I wanted to get your thoughts on Ross Cockrell. 
because uh, he did not have a good game against the Titans. No, but he's not, he's not in the bubble at all. So right, um, like he's he's making the roster. He signed to a two year contract. Like he's he's know, still he's in a shitty game. Um, <laughs> sure, but I I don't preseason. I don't care. Uh, anybody I like, if they if they have a bad game, I don't care. If I don't like them and they have a bad game, I'm right. Like yes. Nate Brooks had a bad game and, and was cut yeah, the Nate next Nate Brooks day. is unemployed now. So. Yeah, Nate Brooks Suck no longer it. on the Buccaneers. I know that was a big talking point. Oh, my Suck good it. God. Um, And then, uh, yeah, so. um, Yeah, I, Cockroy, just, he's, he's, not a, he's not a natural safety, and I think you saw that. I think oh, yeah. that's, that's what you saw. So I think he'll be corner, maybe even you know versus the Texans he'll get some spots at corner. Uh, I personally, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna look to, I would just keep Cockrell at safety for one more game since you've already played him there so much, and just let the corners that are fighting for the fifth job just, just go at it, go out there because, and do their thing, yeah, man. You have you have your fourth spot already locked down, like you had that spot locked, so. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, a, a lot of J- Javon Hagen uh, talk here. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll be Saturday. We'll be big for him. I think he's gonna make the team. He wasn't good on Saturday, but I, I think he's gonna make the team. Um, Jordan Whitehead also didn't practice again today, but Bruce Arians did say he was pretty close to being able to go. We'll see. Um, so uh, maybe I, I doubt he plays on Saturday, but maybe he's ready for week one. And that changes the, the safety plans a little bit. Uh, we'll see. They all, you also got to think of what they think of Mike Edwards because Mike Edwards has been a, like a rock star. Almost. So oh, yeah. I think Mike Edwards actually had a quote today. He said, uh, it wouldn't surprise him if, if at some point they use the Bucks use three safeties on the field at once, which is, you know, Anton Winfield, Mike Edwards and, and Jordan Whitehead. So we'll see what happens there. And secondary, um, the wide receiver thing, Tyler Johnson seems to be at least the fifth wide receiver, possibly the fourth now. He's just, he's so good. He's so good. And I'm so glad he's here. I'm so glad he's proving the coaching staff. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's like, he's like proving the coaching staff wrong. He's like, the coaching staff wasn't happy with his weight. And they were like, eh, we got Jalen Darden here. And I'm a big Jalen Darden fan, but like Tyler Johnson is my guy. And Tyler Johnson's like, screw you. Like, I'm going to prove to you that I'm the best. And he has. He has done just that. He had another good game. Hey, just like your caption um, said, man, wide receiver one doing wide receiver one. Exactly. Thing. And yeah. I'm just amazed that people are still taking that so seriously. Uh, they're like, <laughs> well, a team with a team with Mike Evans and Chris Guy, no way. I got, calm down. Um, it's the amazing. same reactionary people we talked about at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Uh, amazement as is Herb Miller a lock. I don't think he's going to make the team. Um, maybe I think he might. They might try to stash him on the practice squad, but I I don't think Herb Miller is going to make the team. Yeah. Um, I just don't. If if they're talking about D Delaney and I mean Antonio Hamilton, if they cut Antonio Hamilton, that'd be a big surprise to me. It's like he's been, like I said, far and away still the best corner out of the those guys fighting for that last spot. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to keep Delaney and Herb Miller on the practice squad. Maybe one or the other. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, now, looking there, at there's sorry, go look, ahead. There, there's a lot of talk of Jalen Darden. Everybody's freaking out. Relax, okay? Like, relax. I understand that he had that he had the fumble or whatever. Um, you know, there, there's some drops or he's a rookie. Like, re- relax. Is like I think people are forgetting. Like, he's still at the end of the day, he's still a fourth round pick. Like, this isn't a finished product. I think people he had a fast start in camp and everybody just expected him to do great. Like. 
chill out. All right. He's going to play a role for him. He'll probably be fine. I'm sure. I'm not worried about Jalen Darden. Yeah. Now, one more thing I want to look ahead towards before we start to wrap things up. Uh, looking ahead to next week. We've mentioned it. Bruce has confirmed it. We are going to see the starters play a considerable, uh, considerable amount, which we can assume is pretty much the entire first half. If you're looking for a reason to watch some preseason football, this is it. This is the closest look that you are going to get of the 2021 regular season Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And hopefully they'll be out there doing some work against Vernon Hargraves III and a terrible Houston defense uh, to give us something happy to kind of hang our heads on after this preseason. Because it's been hard to find silver lining in this preseason uh, if you're the casual person not looking at, you know, individual performance. Preseason results don't matter. Zero. Like, but you want to see the starters perform. I, I don't care. I, you need to win because the, yeah. the starters are playing most of the game. Like, how are they at least half of the game? You've got to win this game. Like, you have to be up at halftime, like 10, 14 points. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're playing, the, if you're playing the Titans in the third preseason game, okay, they're a playoff team. They're, you know, they're, uh, like they're, you know, they're a good team. The Texans are dog crap. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe Deshaun Watson's playing. Um, I, I don't think he's playing. So that's their number one quarterback, not playing. You, you gotta, like, like I said, I don't want, I, I don't, I'm not saying that I want the, to, uh, the stars to play the whole game and get the win no matter what, but like, you, you kind of need a win. Here. You kind of, you kind of need to have won the game by halftime. I think yeah. is what it is. If they're, I listen, mean, it's not like you're, you're, you don't have to be up by like 30 at half. Right. But, but like, like, here's a, here's a hypothetical situation. Be leading at half. How about that? Right. I think you need to be leading a considerable amount at halftime, which is why I say, you know, win the first half. If it's 27 to three and then all of a sudden the fourth quarter, it came down, comes down to a game winning field goal, but none of your starters were on in the second half. Who the hell cares? Kind of sucks that you went 0 three in a preseason, but, as long as your starters win the game that they're out there to play, I'm totally cool with it. And of yeah. course, we're going to get to that uh, in much more detail on our run of the mill game preview. That's going to be this Thursday. We'll be live on YouTube for episode 198. But every single week here on the show, we wrap things up with the newest segment on the show. It is Evan's take bag. Do you have a bag this week, Evan? Not really a ton. Um, like I said, not, not a lot. I, you can tell the again. you can tell the quality of the take bag every week on if he has yeah, a prop no. ready or not. Yeah, no I prop mean, right, this week. It's right here. I mean, if you okay. want to see it. All right, there you, you go. Want to see it? There it is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. I mean, I, I am still wondering how much they're gonna play Kyle Trask in, in the in the third game. Um. I really wonder if if they're gonna be uh if they're gonna be able to give Jose Borgales a chance to really kick because Bruce. Bruce had said like he wanted to get him live action and like they were able to finally get suck up uh you know live action. So I wonder if they're even gonna attempt because like they know like suck ups are a kicker. So like there's there's no question about that. So like are you if you have like a you know a 42 yard attempt, are you gonna put Boring Gallas out there? Probably not. Like it's probably gonna be suck up. Um so uh, not a whole lot, honestly. I'll have more probably on Thursday uh, whenever we do the preview show. Um, but for now, I mean, look, just yet again, preseason does not matter. 
Um, <laughs> and one more thing, Adam, Adam Davies does acknowledge that we are almost at 200 episodes, which is yeah, man. still kind of crazy um, to me. Just very, very crazy. And uh, like I said, so can't, I think I said that last episode, I can't believe that like almost 200 of these things, like what in the world is going right. on? Right. Um, but there uh, was... thank you. Thank you to everybody who's enjoyed the ride. Um, and, you know, first 200 have been great and hopefully another 200 will, will follow. So, oh yeah, man. I, I remember like before we started this show, I did several other podcasts and none of them made it past like episode eight or nine. <laughs> um so i'm excited how many, episode how many episodes of uh of asp were there oh god like eight or nine yeah i think yeah, and, yeah we did yeah yeah uh when will, will we know about all this COVID stuff for sure i actually wanted to say this um yeah so the bucks are in the clear right now yeah you, you never know i don't have an exact answer for you i don't i just i don't know i would think if by the end of the night on end of the day wednesday if you don't hear anything, any positives or so, Wednesday, Thursday at the latest, I think you'll they'll be fine. Um, but like we'll see. Um, I mean, yeah, today is today's a good sign, but it is not a sign that they are completely out of it. Right. Uh, because it can show up. I mean, Mike Vrabel, you know, he didn't he tested positive on Sunday. So did he just get it right on Sunday? No. So um, you know, we'll be able to, to, to figure that out. And, uh, like I said, I think Wednesday or Thursday, you'll, you'll have a good idea. Yeah. I think by the end of the week, if you don't hear anything, you're pretty much all in the clear, um, fingers, fingers as, crossed, fingers right. Crossed. As far as it goes, you know, people getting sick, the amount of time that it takes is usually three to four days for, you know, symptoms and things to start showing up. So, so we'll see, thank I you. think by the thank, end of the week, thank you, Dr. Oz. Appreciate it. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Doc, um, Dr. Dr. Matthew. Listen, as a firsthand survivor. Um, that's right. It took me, it took correct. me, it took me about we three days. We, we never, we never really acknowledged that, but yeah, yeah. correct. Um, yeah. When, when did they fly out to Houston? I don't know. I would assume a day. So I'd assume Friday. Yeah. That's uh, what I'm thinking assume. too. I think we should be, in the clear everybody was at oh, practice we'll today see. no COVID absences but of course we will keep you guys updated as things change uh if by thursday nothing has changed then i honestly i think by thursday we should be okay uh but ladies and gentlemen that's the show thank you so much for checking out this episode of the cannon fire podcast brought to you by our guys over at betonline.ag make sure you follow the show on social media facebook instagram and twitter all of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, the best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. Hoping to get to 30,000 subs, uh, I, I want to say subs, 30,000 followers, hopefully by our watch party, which is on November 14th, if you don't already know. If you're looking for a place to watch the game, the Buccaneers will be playing Washington November 14th. And uh, we're going to be teaming up with our guys over at Berry House Brewery and Wingbox Food Truck to have ourselves a little watch party. You can go get all the information on our social media, which I had just mentioned, but uh, it'll be a great time. We'll have some giveaways, hopefully a live podcast, and uh, a lot more fun stuff. So make sure you guys go check all of that stuff out. Last but not least, you can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. 
Thank you so much to our moderators doing a great job in the live chat today and everybody else who had checked in. If you're not subscribed to the channel already, make sure you do so. Plenty of great content between now and, of course, the start of the regular season. We will talk to you guys on Thursday for our game preview between the Buccaneers and the Houston Texans. We'll give you all the latest updates from the Buccaneers facility, what the team looks like going into that matchup, and what to expect from the starters. All that and more coming up this Thursday on episode 198. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan, Evan Wanish. And uh, we are signing off. We'll talk to you guys next time. As always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.